0: Hello, hello, all you happy people. Welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I am your host, Tumultuous. And whether you've been here for a while or this is your first time, welcome back or welcome. It's always nice to have ears to listen to my voice other than my own. I've repeated it before, I'm saying it now and I'll keep saying it again. This did not start as a mission to tell other people about what's going on with me. This started as a memoir to myself as a journal, a diary, because I hate writing, but I like putting down information. I hate reading, but I like learning information. So listening and speaking is easier for me because it's quicker and I get most of it out right away. However, in the same aspect, I don't really retain all of the information that I put out to myself immediately, which is why I decided to do it this way because I could then later listen to it. Re- evaluate everything I said, what I was feeling at the time, and more importantly, how much I've changed since then. Because whether you know it or not, you change every day, little by little, every decision you make not only starts a new multiverse or a new universe um, for you in the multiverse theory, but it also alters your way of life a little bit. Now, you don't notice these little changes because it's you, much like seeing somebody every day versus not seeing them for a year. You'll notice things that they haven't and people around them haven't. But as it turns out, other people agree with what I say, some people like it even, and some people, dare I say, have even learned a couple of things. So with that in mind, I invite you to listen. My motto, when this first started, uh, didn't exist, I didn't have a motto. I was just kind of, like I said, journaling for myself. And then somebody once asked me what message I'm trying to give out to the world if I had to put it in one sentence. It was one of the first podcasts I've ever done. I was a guest on someone's podcast. And it was kind of like a semi-joking but not really type of thing. And I thought about it for a while. And I finally said, my only message to someone is, don't be a dick. That's it. Simple, if you want it to be, but also very complex if you want it to be. It depends on how you see everything. Since then, obviously, I've elaborated into a lot more themes and sayings, but essentially I could still stick by that, don't be a dick. You see, information is powerful, but it's meant to be passed around like a joint, like my friend Andrew would say. Knowledge is what separates God from mortals, but information should be shared. What you do with that information using what's called perception is what makes that information useful versus just the paperweight. What do I mean by don't be a dick? I mean, don't be a dick. How do you do that? Well, as it turns out, it works in any single way, shape, or form you want it to do, want it to work. If you are very good at being nice to other people, but not very good at being nice to yourself, meaning if you're a dick to yourself, but nice to other people, it's easier for you to do that, then start that way. Start by being nice to everyone else and be a dick to yourself, and then somewhere along the line realize that, hey, since I'm being nice to everyone else, I should probably be nice to myself as well, vice versa if you're good to yourself but treat everyone else as a dick then at some point you should say i should treat other people the way i treat myself because that would only be fair so you see it works both ways now what do i mean by not being a dick there's a difference between being a dick and having self-respect for instance if someone if you tell someone someone comes to you for advice and they ask you for your help and you help them you try to tell them whatever you think is right and they say okay they say they understand And they go and completely shit on your advice by doing the exact opposite thing and come back to you for more advice. What do you do? Well, if I were you, I would tell them again, maybe in a different way, in a way that they might understand. And if the second time they go out and blatantly shit on your advice, then the third time they come back, it's not being a dick anymore. It's just self-respect. So it's like if you tell someone, hey, to watch out for that thing, you're going to trip and fall. And they're like, yeah, I'm good. And they trip and fall. Second time you say the same thing, hey, be careful. There's a thing there you might want to lift your foot up, and they say, yeah, okay, I got it, and they trip and fall. The third time, you're not obliged to say anything, obligated. Let them fucking fall, learn for themselves. It's called self-respect. It's not being a dick because you've earned the right to not say anything because you've literally helped twice. It's like the saying goes, the first time someone calls you a horse, you correct them. The second time someone calls you a horse, you punch them in the face. The third time somebody calls you a horse, it might be time to start shopping for a saddle. You know what I mean? So what does that do, not being a dick? Well, not being a dick essentially perpetuates what's gonna happen around you and to you and from you. Because as it turns out, this reality is what we think it is and you will become what you think. Everyone disagrees on something, all the religious gurus, the people that believe in one thing or another, Socrates, Plato, Lao Tzu, Buddha, God, the, the list is endless. But the one thing that they unanimously agree on, they could sit around and have a cup of coffee, grappa, whatever the fuck they're drinking, they could all agree on the fact that we become what we think. There was a very, very interesting and very powerful speech in the 1950s of a man named, it escapes me now, god damn it. But he had a very deep voice and he basically, to to make it shorter for you, said that. That's the one thing that we can agree on. The one thing that a man needs for success is to have a goal. As ridiculous as it is, or as sharp and pinpointed as it is, that is what you need. Because a man, or anyone, is like a ship coming out of the harbor. A ship with a destination, a crew, a captain, are all aware of where they're going. 99.9% out of 100 will reach that destination. Obviously, there's exceptions with that one percent. But the same ship with no crew, no map, and just coming out of the harbor, chances are it's not even going to make it out into the sea. Because if you don't have a goal in mind, you're kind of just bouncing around like a pinball. Does the goal have to be long? Like long term? No. Does it have to be short term? No. But you should have a goal. You should have a destination in mind, even if it's day by day, or even if it's hour by hour. Like alcoholics. One of their steps of recovery is not to plan long, but get through the day. Get through today and then we'll work on tomorrow. Short steps, short things that you could accomplish, which is why making your bed in the morning is one of the most important things that you can do, as silly as it sounds, because it would be the first goal that you've completed for the day. If that is the only thing you do the entire day, that's okay. That's not a problem, but as long as you do it, as long as you take the time, the 15 seconds or however many throw pillows you may have on it, Five minutes to make your bed. Make it look nice. Make the corners look nice. Don't just throw your blanket on there. Because what happens is your mind starts saying to yourself without you realizing it, I have set a goal for myself and I have completed the task. As human beings, we are very, very, very good at distraction. We're amazing at distraction because we practice distraction every single day as we're alive and awake. So let's say we're awake for 18 hours a day or 12 hours a day. We practice that seven days a week. And what we don't practice is con- concentration. Because I'm sure you've heard the words, you need to concentrate, concentrate. But no one's ever actually taught you how to concentrate, have they? The, the few of you that have, you're lucky. And most of you that haven't, it's okay. Nobody has. But there's a way to do that. There's a way to teach yourself how to concentrate. And that is by completing small tasks throughout the day setting a standard for yourself through acts of discipline, things like making the bed. And the thing is, just like working out any kind of muscle, you don't start bench pressing 400 pounds. You start by doing push-ups, no weights at all. Then you start lightweight, then you go a little bit more, then you switch weights to free weights instead of a bar. And then little by little, you progress, and and much like guitar playing too. I think that's a better analogy, actually. Elvis Costello said, You don't play guitar for two hours once a week. You play it for 15 minutes a day every day because you want your calluses to develop, not hurt, and then you're not gonna be able to play for the next few days. Little by little every day is better than all at once, once a week, because it builds a regime, a steady pace for you to complete goals. And after you've made your bed, the next goal will be to brush your teeth. Or if for that day that's your only goal, that's good. A lot of times when we work, Like studying for a test, we try to cram all of the knowledge into three or four hours. Well, that's all well and good, and you can take a break in between. That's not the best way to study, as it turns out. The best way to study is to take that hour break that you would take in a five-hour study session and break it up into five or 10-minute increments. And however, whichever way you want to do the math, you study and then you take a five-minute break or a 10-minute break. Why? Well, because when you're taking a five-minute break, You don't do things that are relating to studying. You do something else, uh, preferably something physical. Play with a child, do some jumping jacks, do anything. Don't go on your phone and go on social media, although doing that versus not taking a break is also better, but do something that averts your mind away from studying and do something more importantly that you enjoy. So if it's taking a bong rip and coming down, that's cool too, man. It's not the end of the world. You could study high. You'll get high scores. (laughs) Anywho, the point I'm trying to make is not being a dick becomes a way of life. Not being a dick and doing nice things for people, more importantly, when no one is watching. Because when no one is watching, there is someone watching. And it's not God. It's you. Because your subconscious, whether you know it or not, is always existing. It's always there. You don't know about it because you don't realize it. But it's always there. Your mind literally is active on two levels all the time. When you're sleeping, your, let's call it the foreconscience, like your foreground conscience is asleep. So you don't remember most of the stuff that you, happens to you when you're asleep. But that's when your subconscious, which actually doesn't need any rest, nor does your mind, although your body does, is active, very active. And while you're sleeping, it processes all the things that you have collected throughout the day. So if throughout the day you've collected emotions of negativity, even using words like terrible, horrible, as in describing something not even related to you, is still not the best. I hate this. I hate diet soda because it doesn't taste as good as regular soda. Even if you say something like that, as trivial as it may seem to you, your subconscious is implanting a little seed in your head that you have this tendency to dislike something so much You call it hate. Even though it's diet soda and it may seem trivial, it's really, really not. Because as it turns out, your subconscious isn't aware of the same things that your foreground conscience is. For example, your subconscious links a memory to an emotion, which is where PTSD comes from and that's where it harbors. A person with PTSD experiences that, usually after hearing a loud noise or having something rapid or fast happen to them, because at one point in their lives it meant life or death. So since then... The subconscious links that memory of a loud noise to an emotion, meaning you're about to die, which is where PTSD comes in if somebody drops a heavy pot on the floor and it makes a sound after a soldier lost his friend or part of himself even in a battle, for instance. So the same thing that's just exaggerated, your mind does on a normal basis. So although it might seem unnatural, especially to people that are dicks all the time, which is most of us, after a while it becomes a way of life. If you make your bed every single day for two months, after the two months, you won't have to think about it anymore. You will automatically wake up and make your bed. If you're late for work, you will take the five minutes to make your bed and skip doing something else like coffee or putting your tie on or filling your car with gas. Something stupid that would take you the same amount of time as making your bed. You will sacrifice that instead of this because you know that if you make that bed, that goal will be complete and your pace will be set for the day. People that run, for example, that exercise at first, when they run in the mornings, they feel tired throughout the rest of the day. Almost worn out because they just spent the whole morning running two miles. But after two or three months of doing the same thing every day, if they don't run, that's when they become tired. Because your body becomes used to the fact that your heart rate increases, and if you don't do that, it thinks it's in resting mode. As silly as it is and as smart as we are, we have to trick ourselves into doing the right thing most of the time because our minds and our bodies want to keep us safe and that is just a construct of self-preservation much like fear and anger now because of that and because we're not neanderthals anymore not we don't have to be afraid of everything we don't understand we simply have to take a second and understand once we understand it becomes much clearer for example if somebody steals something from you, like your content on uh, social media, say, for example, there's a guy out there on TikTok that steals other people's content. His name is NuMain. And with the way he does it is he doesn't duet or stitch, which he doesn't give you credit for it. He takes your idea and completely makes it as though it's his own. And while that's not the best thing in the world, that's also not the worst thing in the world depends on how you see it most of the time that people are angry at things at first and they tell their friends oh this thing happened to me and i'm so mad blah 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 some time goes by eventually most people will come to terms with that in fact some people will ever you know you'll ask them so how did it ever go with that uh with that thing that happened oh, It was one of the best things that could have happened to me in my life what you were so angry about it before what the hell's wrong with you like how did you c- come to this realization well, well, this happened and that happened and this, and I realized that, you know, I learned a lot from this and it was. Blah, blah, blah. So, all that time that you spent being angry and, and kicking yourself or being mad at the person or thing that caused it, eventually you do realize that it wasn't a bad thing. In fact, sometimes it's a good thing because you could learn from it. But that time that you were angry is still wasted because all you had to do is come to the realization that you are at right now, and then you would have saved that time to do something else. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but repetition is key here. So if every day you walk around with a negative emotion and negative attitude towards everything or anything for too long, that is what your reality and, believe it or not, your afterlife will become. Because from so so I've heard recently, heaven and hell are constructs of that exact thing. It's not whether you believe in God and don't believe in anyone else. and whatever it is that makes you go to heaven or hell. It's the reality that you create for yourself while you're in this life, will mirror itself into the next one. So if you're a person that always sees positive things, always tries to look on the bright side, does the right thing when no one's looking, helps people when he can. When they die, that is the reality that they will create for themselves because all their lives, their subconscious and their spirit lives like this. So when you go into the afterlife, you will create a world of positivity helping people, doing the right thing when no one's looking. But if you're a person that hates life, hates this, hates that, terrible, 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 you know where I'm going with this. You will wake up after you die into a world of hell because that's literally what you have made yourself believe. And what you believe, my friends, is exactly what you will be. And a good scientific example of that is the placebo effect. Ten people are given medication for a sickness they have. Five of them actually given the medication, and the other five are given sugar pills, or pills that won't do anything. And yet all of them somehow start getting better. Some even get better on the sugar pills and the actual medication. How is that possible? Because the mind controls everything else. But the mind is very smart and cunning, so you actually have to really, really believe what you are thinking. You could say you believe it. You could fool everybody in the whole world. But you can't fool yourself in that sense. You have to convince yourself and know that this is it. And the only way to do that is repetition. You have to condition your mind to do so. When you take kickboxing, you have to kick a tree with your shins until your shins hurt so much that you kill the nerve endings in them. That is why kickboxers could kick fucking trees down. It's not because that they're magical people. It's because they went through the process of numbing the nerve endings in their shins to make them thicker, the bones stronger, after fracturing them, actually. You actually fracture your bones because when a fractured bone heals, it heals stronger than the bone was before. It's called the bone callus. So all these bone callus and nerve ending numbings have eventually, after time, their shins are strong enough to kick trees down, it doesn't happen by magic. And they did feel pain at some point, but now they don't. Now as physical as that seems, it is the same with mental, exactly the same. At first it will be difficult, it would hurt, which is why you start little by little. You don't start by kicking a tree down completely. You start with hitting your shin with a small bamboo stick, just tap, 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 until you could barely take it, and then you stop. The next day you do it more, and again and again, until you build up the strength, and the lack of feeling to kick a tree once. Of course it takes time, but nothing good ever comes quick and easy. Not even baking a cake. A good one, anyway. Why am I telling you this? Most of you probably already know this, but most of you don't understand that you have to start small. You have to give yourself a break, but don't give yourself too much of a break so that you can't remember what you were doing before. ADHD is something that they say is a disorder. It is not a disorder. Hyperactivity and hyperfocus is not a disorder if you learn how to control it. Because before all these medications and things and Adderall and Ritalin came out for ADHD, nobody believed that ADHD was even a real sickness. In fact, if you told my mom that ADHD is a sickness, she goes, no, it's not. It's just my idiot son doesn't want to pay attention. He does whatever he wants. But if I smack him every once in a while, he'll snap back into it. And indeed, that's what it is. Hell, people believe that people that were left-handed were a sign of the devil, so they forced them to write with their right hands. Because, and it worked, believe it or not. Is that the truth? No, of course not. But it worked, because repetition here is key. So remember, as small as a goal as you can set for yourself, making your bed is the easiest thing, because one, it's the first thing you do in the morning builds discipline. It doesn't take too long. And it actually has a reward for yourself because God forbid you're a bachelor or a single guy and you bring a girl home. Lucky enough, somebody's going to come home with you. She comes into your bedroom, even more lucky. You look and it's, the bed is made. Boom. Now back to the guy that steals the content. There's a lot of people out there that are saying this guy, New Main, stole my content and this is how he did it and yada, 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 yada. So another person watching, and this is how I know about this guy, is because people are complaining about him. So somebody's watching your FYP or your page on the social media, and here you are talking about how this guy steals content in such a way, what are you going to do? Are you going to blindly believe the person that's telling you about this and just never follow this guy? Or are you going to leave the person's page who's talking about this guy, go to the guy's page and check out to make sure that what they're saying is actually true? Obviously, it's the latter. So not only did this person take your content, steal it, you are now advertising for him by sacrificing not only your social media, but time out of your life that you're giving to this person. You're contributing the time it took for you to make this video, telling everyone else about it, just so that they can go see it on his page. Any time spent in anger or frustration is time wasted period, because eventually you understand that there is no need to be angry. Sooner or later, and some people are that stubborn that they never understand, but for the most part, we do. Sooner or later, we understand that anger was useless, and although it is healthy to express anger, you're not supposed to bottle up your emotions, but express anger just as long as it takes for you to realize that you're angry. As soon as you realize that you're angry, which doesn't take long, I'm so mad right now, boom. Boom why are you mad because he stole your content why are you mad that he stole your content because his views are doing better than yours first of all imitation is the most sincere form of flattery second of all why are his views higher than yours why did his video do better than what did he do differently with your content that made his videos shine brighter that right there my friends is the value you take from something negative Because if you learn something from that, if you could teach yourself something that somebody else did through your invention and their method, then he's not the winner here. You are. Because now not only do you have the idea and the creation, and if you created one piece of content that did well, trust me, you could create another. Now you have a method of delivery using this guy's successful method. So you're actually stealing from him. And he doesn't even know it. But if you're sitting there making videos about how shitty he is, you're hurting everybody but the person you're intending to hurt, which is why they say it always comes back to bite you in the ass, because literally, it does. And when you come terms to the fact that your anger was bullshit, the longer it takes you to get there, the more time you have wasted in vain. So don't be a dick, not to yourself, not to anyone else. Have self-respect. If someone doesn't listen to you twice, let them fall and scrape their knee. Don't say, I told you so, though. Just nod. And more importantly, have a goal. Because without a goal, you're a ship without a captain.